Hey guys, welcome to the Delta Flyers. I'm your host, Garrett Wong. And of course, my co-host, it will always be Robert Duncan McNeil. Hey guys. Hey. hey. You don't wear blue a lot, man. You don't wear blue a lot. We already talked. Oh. Orange is huge. Oh. I like that color. That looks this good blue. on you. Thank you, buddy. Um, this was, I put this on a little while ago because I was going to go mountain biking. Yeah, that's where I thought uh, you were. And I stepped, I was going to go. Yeah. And uh, I got up this morning early with a dog, went outside. It was freezing. Oh, no. So I was like, so I was like oh, well, I'll wait a little while until the sun, you know, kind of warms things up. Yeah. And I went back out to go mountain biking, got all ready to go. And it's colder. Yeah. It's gotten colder. <laughs> I was like, no, no way. I'm not, it's not worth it. I'll go in the basement and do a <laughs> treadmill or something. Nope. Nope. Well, it's cold here in Los Angeles. I'm I'm visiting my parents right now. It is cold here. Really? Too. Yeah. So I go I go back to Vegas tomorrow. So we'll see what happens if if it's if there's a cold front there. That'd be wonderful. I think, I think it's warming up here soon. I mean, huh. look, I'm so grateful for the weather where we are in Utah. It's yeah. You know, it's usually sunny. It's very mild. Nights are cool. Hmm. There's not much rain. I think they get like maybe an inch of rain a month tops. Yeah. You know, yeah. one one rain shower a month like we don't get a lot of mm-hmm. rain so i'm very mm-hmm. lucky kind of like california weather you know, yeah so. and i will say i think we may have spoken about this before but mm-hmm. i'm gonna say it again man utah snow there's just something different and it's so it's crazy because you fluffy and yes powdery. but utah is right next to colorado and colorado snow and utah snow there is a definite market difference between the two. Oh yeah so much lighter so much fluffier than um, Colorado, New Mexico snow, any other states that border Utah, they don't have the same snow. And I've skied, yeah. I have skied on all yeah. of those states. I've been to Taos, New Mexico. I've been to several resorts in Colorado, <clears throat> um, Utah. I've been to Snowbird. I've been to Deer Valley. I've been to- It's, it's um, amazing snow it's up here. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and it really Alta, is. Alta is the only ski resort I know of. Maybe, maybe they've changed, but- they'd never allowed snowboarders. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> and, Deer, Deer Valley doesn't allow snowboarders. God, I love unless that. Unless they've changed recently. I yeah, don't know. yeah. I'm sorry, all of you snowboard enthusiasts, but I, I sometimes when you're skiing, you just don't want to see any snowboarders. You just want to be <laughs> on your skis and just deal with skiers only. So, yeah. um, No, mm. Utah's got amazing. People should come visit. It's a yeah. beautiful state. Yeah. There's lots of national parks and... Um, um great skiing and winter sports and it's just a, it's a beautiful state it really yeah. is are you west of salt lake north or I am south east oh, i am east. southeast of salt of lake it's one a, direction it's i don't pick okay south just east slightly southeast it's just under an hour from you know 45 minutes to an hour to get to salt lake 45 minutes to the edge of salt lake and then mm-hmm. you know an hour to the airport so yeah um, okay yeah it's not bad it's not bad at all but it feels very uh, yeah I lo- we love it here we really really very happy and this this area that we're in is i think uh one of the fastest growing um areas in the united states in terms really? of new people moving in it's it's really booming right now in your zone right now yeah okay yeah, yeah. wow even though most post offices and people don't have your address <laughs> that's why they don't have my address in the postal yeah. service yet because there's so <laughs> many new houses they can't keep up with all the new 
well i get know, it yeah. properties that are here it's I, like they keep adding right you know. and it's fairly remote i mean you're it's i'm not, in a kind of a remote yeah, place but i love it up here it is it is quite remote but it's um but it doesn't feel remote you know yeah you get to anything i need and but it's super quiet well from your pictures that you've shown me it doesn't yeah. look like there's anything around you like i look at that and go where are your neighbors <laughs> like why don't you <laughs> like if you grow up in la or new york city you you automatically assume you're gonna look out your window and you're gonna be able to see into the window of your neighbor basically yeah right and then you, you your photos just look so remote like you are on mars or yeah. you're on another planet it reminds over. me of it reminds me of um um uh when renee uh aubergine was alive mm -hmm. He um, and and I love that man. He was such yeah, a I, I'm wonderful human being. Just it's very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Very sad. I actually I remember when I saw the um, um, someone had posted that he had passed, and that's when I first saw it on social media. I actually started crying. I was at a restaurant and I just yeah. I lost it. So okay, so go ahead. What, my, what about Renee? My point was uh, Renee had um, bought a home up in Northern California near a place called. I think it's near Jerry Taylor's property. Oh, Sea Sea Ranch or something, whatever that area okay. is called. Okay. And I remember seeing photos of Renee's house, and it was just on this bluff, and it oh, had wow. an open view. And I remember thinking, good for him. Like, what he was actually an inspiration to me. Really? To kind of look into living in this kind of place because when I when I would talk to Renee about how much he loved his home up there, and they would get away and just find so much rest and peace and quiet yeah renee was part of the inspiration to come to a place that's a more remote but not totally remote and peaceful and beautiful and and because i travel so much i mean you know you travel too for doing convention work and, and life and all the things you do mm -hmm. i realize you know in in the world these days with zoom and the way that our business, you know, that um, entertainment has changed. You don't need to live in LA anymore. That's you true. You don't need to be there. You really <clears throat> that is don't. true. That is very true. Um, I was talking to uh, Roxanne's husband, Eric, after after we had uh, done our interview. I mm -hmm. texted Eric. I texted Roxanne's husband because we used to ride <laughs> motorcycles together. And I was like, hey, Eric, I hear you went through. You, you drove right past me in Utah. You know, good luck on the move. And then we ended up jumping on the phone for a while. And uh, Eric, who is a casting director, a very successful, <laughs> big casting director. For many, many years. For many years, has a company that's still very active and <laughs> one of the biggest casting companies in, in Los Angeles. Um, Eric says he has not been in a room with actors in a year and a half. And his business has changed now. He goes, I don't need to be in Los Angeles to be a casting director. I can do it from Nebraska, you know, yeah. or wherever, you know. Mm -hmm. You could be anywhere. So yeah, um, yeah, it is amazing. You should have you should have started your text with him by saying, "Hey, I'm kissing your wife. I'm watching kissing me kissing your wife on <laughs> on the episode we're reviewing." Is what you should have started with. Yeah, I should have. Um, but yes, but but thank you to Renee for influ uh, for inspiring you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh, we 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 still think of you and we miss you and we love you yeah. Renee, wherever you're at right now um absolutely yeah yeah so yeah so living around the world is possible now and you don't have to be in los angeles which is amazing which yeah. is great right and I, and I would imagine that's true for a lot of businesses you know mm -hmm. i know it's 
it's true for for television the television world because they're filming everywhere now los yeah. angeles is not the center of the television production world for sure mm -hmm. um so you can be anywhere and i bet that's true for a lot of businesses yeah whatever you know if you're in finance or banking or computer software development or whatever mm -hmm. my my um you know my father passed away last year as well uh it was a rough year for losing people last year yeah. My father died uh, a little over a year ago, and he was remarried. Uh, his wife uh, is named Patty. She's in the computer. Uh, my father's wife is a software development person. She yeah. has been living in at the beach in North Carolina, working for um, you know a company based out of Atlanta, but working remotely for a couple of years now. Yeah, like her business is all remote as well. So yeah, and they've been talking about how because of the pandemic. And so many people forced to work from home that now that people are used to working from home yeah. and that a lot of companies are like, well, do we really even need them in the office any longer yeah. right now? It just seems a bit of lip service just to say, hey, come to the office. Why? Because yeah. we want you to be there like you were before the pandemic. Why? <laughs> it doesn't really, you don't yeah. need me. You're used to having my productivity. As long as I get done what I need to get done today. It doesn't really matter where I'm yeah. at, right, any longer. Because I guess the fear from employers is, well, if you're at home, you're going to goof off. You're not going to do I it. You know? I think it's the opposite. I think for, you know, now that people are working remotely, yeah. they're working 24 hours a day. I find right. myself, you know, working on the weekends, working at night, jumping on Zooms, jumping yeah. on phone calls 24-7, which yeah. is, you know, I've heard of people who now in this new remote world have said at five o'clock, I am auto responding to all my emails that I am done with work for the day and I will mm -hmm. respond tomorrow. Yeah. But they've got to actually create limits because right. the remote work, you end up working more, you know, that's crazy. So, yeah. so what these employers have feared, um, the exact opposite is happening. <laughs> you're, I think you're getting so. more productivity from your employees yeah. if they're at home. Yeah. And you don't um, have to pay for the brick and mortar office for them yeah. to be, you know? Oh yeah. That's saving huge. money there too. Mm -hmm. So big time. Big time. Yeah. All right. So this week's episode is Darkling. Darkling. Okay. For all of our listeners, Robbie and I are going to go watch the episode. We'll be right back. For all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus segment, What Do We Remember? Hey, everyone. We are back from watching Darkling. Yes, we are. My goodness. Uh, right off the bat, Robbie, one to 10. What are you going to give this one? What are you thinking? Mm. I'm going to give this, I mean, I'm conflicted here. Okay. Because in theory, I like the premise. Yeah. Um, and I really thought Bob Picardo did a, a wonderful job mm. in the episode. Um, it reminds me in some ways of like threshold, <laughs> you know, yeah. I felt like, you know, as a, as a, uh, an acting um, challenge, threshold was great for me, mm -hmm. but as an episode, I know a lot of people don't like it. And, and this is kind of like that for me. It's like, okay, I appreciated his performance. I appreciated the, the concept in theory, but I thought the way it all laid out in the end, I was like, eh. and, there, and there's a bunch of holes in it for me. But okay. I, I did think, I'll say, uh, Teleplay by Joe Minoski. Um, I thought there were some wonderful scenes and moments in the episode, really mm -hmm. wonderful stuff that Joe found. Right you know, uh, 
separate moments. I thought Alex Singer, our director, mm-hmm. Alex Singer did a wonderful job. I think this may be his best work as a director. Mm. It was beautifully shot. It was mm-hmm. staged well. It was, there yeah. was a lot of great moments directorially yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, but I did, uh, you know, uh, after I watched it, I did a little Googling and I, and I found a comment that said that this episode is the first of what's known as to some fans as the trilogy of terror, three consecutive episodes that are not considered very good. <laughs> what are I they? Was like, what are so they? It, so it would be Darkling, <laughs> first of the three. Then next is uh, Rise. Rise. Yeah. And then next is Favorite Son, oh. which I know is a big one for you. <laughs> so some fans are kind of with me uh, on this one, at least. I, I just kind of walked away from it going, Mm, it just it it kind of was a little bit of a dud for me okay so i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a five mm-hmm. maybe even a four and a half out of ten four and a half or a five yeah okay something All right. like that what about you well what- i you know my i always take longer to go through these episodes yeah than you do so i i in essence rewind rewind and i and in in the recap or the rewatch, I end up really rewatching the episodes five or six times is what I do. <laughs> and my first rewatch was not, I didn't like it. I was like, oh no, what is going on? Poor doctor fans, you know, this is like the worst doctor e- episode ever I felt in the beginning. Yeah. As I kind of watched it again, I really like the writing. I, I, and the story is by Braga and Minoski. The teleplay is by Minoski. So I like Joe's teleplay there was some really really great and I, in when we go through the recap I'll, I'll point out the points the the areas that i thought were the dialogue that i thought was so amazing because i i did think that some of the yeah that's i agree with you i think yeah. there's some there's some wonderful lines and mm-hmm. moments that are really profound and deep, yes. deep thoughts and yes big ideas um yes. from yes. both the doctor and from kess i thought mm-hmm. you know kess had a lot of really profound dialogue and ideas. Most definitely. You know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, uh, some some yeah. lessons to be learned from this episode, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's start off with our poetry synopsis. Yeah. Why don't you um, give us your, your haiku? Yes. And I'm going to give you the limerick. All right, here we go. The haiku for Darkling. Kess thinks she's in love. The doc enriched his program. Things got pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, you that's s- it. <laughs> you sound like uh, the French Stewart character from Third Rock from the Sun, uh, Harry, when you went pretty <laughs> weird. This is kind of how he talks. So. <laughs> okay, um, here we go. Here's my limerick. And by the way, I've, I've narrowed it down. Whenever, Whatever time that we've allotted for us to meet back up for this, the recording, yes. you gotta, you, if you add on 30 minutes, then we're good. That's pretty oh. much what it is. It's always going to be three and a half hours and not three hours that I right. need. Okay. For the, because the half hour is going to be only for- Only limerick. Limerick. That's it. Yes. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> My limerick for Darkling. Zaheer romances young Kess and makes her swoon. New subroutines turn the dock into a goon. He knocks out Zaheer. Hyposprays engineer. Fixed by Torres, his program can now resume. Ooh, yeah. nice. 
I think you capture the plot much better than my things got pretty weird. I have more time. I have more syllables. Yes, you do. You have a lot more. Yeah. A lot more real estate in the uh, in the limit. Yes, but the danger yeah. is when you select the first uh, rhyming word, right? So basically, in limerick, the first two lines rhyme. Um, the sec, the third and fourth will rhyme. Uh, first, second, and fifth will rhyme. Correct, yeah. and then the the third and fourth are are, are rhyming. Yeah. When you select that first rhyming last it word you. it locks you in and if you yep. can't find you know you might come up with this really cool first verse but then the second verse you're like oh crap and if you do find a good second verse sometimes you can't find a third word that rhymes with the first two to to, to wrap hard, the whole thing up Garrett. it's difficult it's just, yes it's like, limericks are hard i know all right you're, you're gonna be done soon we're okay, almost good. done season three we're getting there good all right. um all right so our guest stars were uh david lee smith played zaheer I thought he was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally get why Kess had an attraction and a and a fascination with him. I thought he was mm-hmm. great. Stephen Davies as Nakan, um, you know, sort of the bad guy, the the guy in the bar. Another guest star I want to point out, very important guest star who played in the ensign in the turbo lift in oh the one God. scene where Paris showed up. She had a, three lines, I think. Was Sue Henley? Sue Henley. That's the stand-in for Janeway. That yeah. was That's April Groove stand-in. Yeah. Uh, Sue for the was entire there. seven years, Sue was yes. there for the whole time. So the whole time, Sue was awesome, and yeah. and had a wonderful little cameo, a role <laughs> as the ensign in the hallway that almost gets taken by uh, by evil doctor. Yes. Uh, Do you remember the buzz behind around the when she? was about to have her line. Yeah, because this literally, this was like front page Everybody news was so excited on the Voyager Gazette. I mean, it was like, oh yes. my God, Sue's got a line. Sue's got some lines. Sue's going to speak. And everyone was, yeah. especially Sue. Sue was jazzed. And the funny thing is, excited. Robbie, I thought Sue's line came in season six, <laughs> not season no, three. It three. It was three. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. Did you also notice Sue Henley is also in another scene um, in the very beginning? At the lodge, she crosses camera that's as an right. alien. That's her in the very beginning there. That's so, right. Yeah, no lines, but she's she's an alien there. So that's she's one funny. of our regular background actors, as well as Kate Mulgrew's stand-in for the entire series. Well, it's years funny. Now. You're right. I remember that now. Noticing that there was Sue walking by, and yeah. was she an alien? Yeah, I she was an alien. Know. She had stuff on, and she and the funny thing was, she wasn't. From the Macaulay aliens. She wasn't like Zaheer's was a different race. Alien. She was a different alien. She was another well, race. It's weird that they would put her in the same episode. As where as she has the line, yeah. The alien background and a Starfleet crew member. Very Holy. strange continuity choice. For sure. But, uh, for sure. And that's probably why they made her this alien that was that it was even more um had more facial stuff than, than yeah. Zaheer's people, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's probably their that's way funny. of hiding her. <laughs> well, we open okay. So the episode opens uh, in this lodge, in this bar, mm-hmm. and uh, we realize that we're at some outpost uh, of the McCall Travelers. I think right. Yeah, yeah. And these are these adventure types. They're like yeah. frontier, you know, individualists. They're out there on all these amazing adventures, and um, you know, they're 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 this loose uh, group of explorers yeah, and they know this territory. So that's why we're there to, to find out what, what's in front of us. What's yeah. Ahead of us. Janeway's captain's log. She says there are loosely governed race of explorers that has extensive knowledge of the territory ahead of us. So we need this information 
And that's where we see we open up uh, inside the lodge and Janeway is completely, um, you know, focused mesmerized, on yeah, yeah. mesmerized is By even a better story, word. Yeah. He's talking about this, this, this moon or this asteroid that they found that, that in his story, he says, it turned out that this thing, it was a living creature, the mm -hmm. entire asteroid, the whole yeah. thing yeah. was alive. Yes. And Janeway's never heard of such a thing and she's wrapped up and then Kess comes by mm -hmm. with the here, this yeah. handsome man. Yeah. Um, she's been working with him to get some medical supplies um, and restock, you know, Voyager for some things they may need. And Zaheer hears this and he's like, I've been there and I've never heard, you know, we didn't detect any of that. So you already are getting a sense that these are like tall tale tellers, mm -hmm. you know, that these people, you know, a lot of these people like Nikon uh, tell big stories about adventures that may or may not have happened. Mm -hmm. So we know that we're not sure if we can trust him, but, but uh, Zaheer, you know, Kess is uh, very taken with Zaheer right out of the gate. Yeah. And, uh, he feels like he's, uh, you know, uh, we feel like he's he's a very trustworthy guy. This is Zahir. There was a really tense interaction between Nakan and Zahir. Like when he, you know, he kind of bends over to him and says, like, um, do you challenge my right to travel and go freely? And so this is now we're kind it's of It's almost like cowboy talk. It is. But we now know a little bit about this McCall traveler people with this race mm -hmm. that, you know, there's certain things that they hold very dear and obviously freedom to go anywhere is part of that you know yeah. and that's and there's something in their in their culture or their race where where if you challenge that person then you have to duel them or fight there's like something's going to go on i mean we're not clued into what's going to happen but, but you're right getting a little tidbit of that right and that's important for kess's story because just to kind of take a big bird's eye view of it kess is really considering this whole episode about leaving voyager that's right the big decision she's got to mm -hmm. make she she you know is deeply attracted to this this uh this guy we realized that in, in an early scene with the doctor coming up that uh that we realized that kess and neelix are officially done yeah uh, they talk about that mm -hmm. and um and yeah that's a big this freedom to to go where you want to mm -hmm. freedom to travel and do you know um pursue any anything you want to pursue mm -hmm. is really important to these people and that's very attractive to Cass at this point hey i have a name for it it's the mccall mantra nice <laughs> nice oh my lord okay so now we're in the resort program right yes we go to the holodeck and there's right. neelix and the doctor and they're and... talking and gandhi is there <laughs> lord byron is that was, there that's they're... a good gandhi that, that was a great he was gandhi. great Woo. yeah yeah and gandhi is talking and they're talking philosophy and the doctor's taking notes Right. And Gandhi's saying, you've got to temper your, your urges. And <laughs> Byron is going, no, you've got to pursue passion. Uh -huh. And Doc's is taking down all these notes. Yes. Um, and, and he talks about, um, uh, Kess arrives, and he talks about his personality improvement project. So we realize the doctors on the holodeck studying all of these very, very famous people, mm -hmm. uh, Gandhi and Lord Byron, and he, he says Da Vinci. And Tapao is there. Mm -hmm. Tapao is an Asian Vul Vulcan, basically. an Asian Vulcan, yeah, who becomes very important in uh, Enterprise, the series, by the way. Ah, oh. uh, Tapao becomes a very important character. Oh, okay. Down the road, um, so yes, one of the one of the most famous Vulcans ever. Different uh, actor, though. 
that played yes, on I Enterprise? Were, yeah, probably. Did. I think there may have been a Tapao actress in Next Gen. There may have been one in the original series. Okay. I think this character okay. has been popped up in a number of things. Yeah. But yeah, the doctor. And you forgot Socrates. Socrates, Socrates is sitting there is, next to, yeah. across from Tapao playing Calto, yeah. looks like, right? So. Um, oh, and he said he also mentions Madame Curie, but we don't see her. She, Madame yeah. Curie is somewhere floating around. Um, so yeah, so Doctor is just trying to integrate these character elements that he finds admirable amongst these historical figures, and he thinks that if their traits are integrated into his program, he will have a better bedside manner. He's just going to be uh, a newer, improved Doctor. And in theory, it makes sense. Actually, it does. In theory, yeah. all these super smart people, he's pulling from the greatest minds mm -hmm. of all time. It sounds like mm -hmm. the kind of thing, you know, I would do is like, oh, I'll read these great books and that'll make me a better person. So right. it's, you know, it's logical what he's trying to do. That's logical. Um, and Kess shares that she's met this guy Zaheer and she's clearly infatuated with him. And the doctor notices that. And he's, he basically thinks she's rebounding off of this. Well, not only does he notice it, he already knows it. He knows that he's, yeah. she spent all this time with this guy and he warns her the McCall are bad news, you know, and, and you're just affected by your breakup with Neelix and you yep. just need a cold bath. Yes. <laughs> In the words says, of Gandhi. Just a cold bath. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He pulls a little Gandhi. Yes. Um, we go to sick bay after this mm -hmm. and uh, we see the doctor moving around the bio bed and uh, he's, um, he's, Look, taking a look at um, at Bellana because she's not feeling well. But I did. I have to say, in the very opening shot, as he's walking by that wall, I remember Marvin Rush fought with this issue for the whole run of the series. Huh? As you as you pan across those vertical yellow line, gold lines. That yes, the, right by it, the clamshell. It, it sort of it can uh, moray is the term, but it sort of distorts. Okay. And it was weird because as Bob is walking around, the doctor's walking around, there's all this weird halo around him of that moray, that distortion. Mm -hmm. But part of me was like, well, he's a hologram. That would be cool. Like, wouldn't that be cool if they had, even though it was a mistake, and I know Marvin fought with this all the time, part of mm -hmm. me was like, oh, that would have been a cool thing to introduce as part of his, as, as part of his holographic reality that he always sort of had a little bit of distortion around him because of the projectors and things like that that could have yeah. been a cool thing but that that is a cool thing um and so that's why they always say if you're going to be interviewed on camera never wear stripes because it will yep. end up distorting the image um the camera just doesn't it can't pick it up properly um so i have a question for you if mar what was marvin arguing for what was he trying to tell production that needed to be done what was he, he saying? just he, he he originally I remember this conversation originally he was like these vertical lines they yeah. just it's impossible I can't fight them he would try tricks like changing the shutter angle of the camera mm -hmm. changing frame rates they would change the the uh, frame rate of they try to tr they try different light bulbs in there and all kinds okay. of things because you've got these fluorescent lights and the way that lights work is they sort of bounce out hundreds of pulses of light per second you know right. mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a rate to the to the way that the lights are flashing basically we don't notice it with our with our eye but but the camera picks that up and if it gets in out of sync with the lights and the lines and it's just yeah it creates this problem so marvin would always try to limit the camera movement and things around that because it just well you can see it in your background there's the yeah. There it is, right behind you, all those vertical lines yeah. um, in your background right, right now. Um, 
Yeah, it just and became- they're kind of distorted. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. They're not perfectly straight. Yeah. Um, so he would try to say like, let's try not to shoot in that direction and just avoid well, he that. Would limit, or lim- try to limit the camera movement and things like that. But in that okay. opening shot, the doctor's doing a whole circle around the bed and it pans yeah. him over. So you've got he has this- to move. You have yeah. to track. You have to track yeah. the doctor. Okay, I got you. Wow, I didn't know that that uh, discussion was going that was on. An issue. Yeah, <laughs> now yeah. that's an issue. Yeah, so the doc's working on Bellana, yeah, and he's acting very strange. It's almost like he's taken on the Lord Byron passion. Well, mm-hmm. kinda. I wrote creepy doctor, so I don't know about I wrote strange. creepy too. Oh, okay, I so. wrote creepy too <laughs> because he he ends up touching her belly. Oh my like, god! Right in her yeah. belly and going. Does, Does that, that feel good? Feel good. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's completely sexual. It's. Like, I love oh, her line when she says. Unless you want me to knock you into the middle of the next millennium, you better back off. <laughs> and he goes, and he says, I'm going to review these additions to my program. I thought it was very funny. I love the tweaks of dialogue from, from regular 21st century um, cliche lines. Like you would say to somebody, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. That's what yeah. we'll say, right? But yeah. then for Star Trek, Minoski tweaks it to say, I'll knock you into the middle of the next millennium, next millennium. which is exactly. awesome. I love that yeah. line. Yes. Yeah. Um, basically, Bellana says, you, you know, she's like, what? You've been messing with your program. You can't do that. You've yeah. got to be careful. Yeah. Um, and she's telling him all this. And there's a great little two shot there. She's saying, you know, you got to be careful. You don't know what's going right. to react. Can I read what she says? Let me read what she says. She says, behavioral subroutines have a way of interacting with each other that isn't always predictable. You've got to be careful or someone might hurt you. And then the camera pans down. The camera tilts down. Doctor's hand is on her leg. Caressing her leg. (laughs) He's like, oh yeah, okay. Creeper. Yes, he's creepy. Oh my God. Creepy doc. So we see the beginnings of a problem there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, we do. And we go into the woods back on the planet. And um, Kess and Zahir is, um, they're walking through this beautiful forest and, and great, beautiful uh, planet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she's talking about, you know, he's, he's talking about these adventures he goes on. And she's like, that sounds amazing. But did you ever think about like a bigger purpose, what you'll leave behind? And uh, he, he kind of says, no, I've never thought about that before. But now with you, I see the fellowship that you have with your crewmates and I see that has value. Mm-hmm. Start to see these two sort of learning from each other and connecting, which yeah. that was great. There's also a shot behind them where we see three moons and, and kind of the, the point of view, the vista that they're looking at. Yeah. And it's a beautiful shot. That's a vis effects wise. It's, it's, it's stunning. It's perfect. Yes. Beautiful shot. Um, one of the lines that I forgot to talk about that he had was, right when he meets Janeway for the first time, back in the, the initial lodge scene that yeah. we see him, she says, uh, she's basically, he's introduced to Janeway by Kess. And Janeway says, pleased, like, pleased to meet you. And he responds with returned. <laughs> I love oh, that line. He says returned. Like usually someone says, yeah, great meeting you as well. But he says returned. So just the style of, of Zahir's speech. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And the entire conversation cool. between Kess and Zahir walking through this mountainous trail, um, this bonding moment between these two characters, just the, the dialogue was... Jominowski really found a philosophical approach to yeah. this whole episode dialogue-wise. Yeah. There was deep thinking and deep ideas, yeah. big, uh, profound ideas about the meaning of life all throughout this uh, episode, which I thought mm-hmm. were really good. My people are peripatetic by nature. We live for the excitement of facing the challenge of space alone i mean 
simple line, but the use yeah. of, you know, peripatetic and just how it's constructed. Yeah. I just, I enjoyed his writing for sure. Yeah. Well, it's a great scene. Ends with them kissing. Yes. And After he shows romantic. her the thing. Why is he there? He's showing, oh, yes. he's taking her to show her this, this sort he of like shows a her this inscription. inscription. Yes. This inscription, on a rock. Which I loved on the rock because it had these like glowing sparkles. Sparkly. It wasn't just yeah. carved in. Yeah. It was, yes. it was almost like, this uh this was a star know, trek sci-fi inscription a futuristic yeah, inscription very cool right and the, it very... said they're saying we have a saying my course is as elusive as a shadow across the sky and that's what that saying is which is yeah very poetic very beautiful yeah. at the same time yeah. yeah and and as he does it he sort of uh, his hand glides across the inscription this beautiful inscription mm -hmm. and then lands near her and then she says thank you for this and then the kiss and then the hands touch and then the kiss and it's very beautiful and we think it's all good except that as the camera pulls back we see there's a creepy figure a hooded some, character hooded character <laughs> watching them Spying. Bum, bum, bum. oh yeah mm -hmm. uh kess beams into the transporter room and she is all aglow Yes. yes. Her middle name is Glow. Kess yes. Glow. Does she have a last name? She doesn't have a last name, does she? I don't think so. Just okay. Kess. Well, okay, she glowing, is, let's just call her Glowing Kess. Clearly, they have <laughs> consummated in some way the moment <laughs> after the kiss because she comes in. And you and think that, hey, wait, wait, they, wait. Do you think she had Nookie? I think they did something that was really Yeah. No. I read it as she just had a really great makeout session. I didn't. I didn't okay. Point okay. of actual intimacy. I don't know. But, but if you think that they knew each other biblically, oh, that is your your. I think that she was glowing in a way you glow after after you've gone completely into the romantic. Activity. Okay. Okay. Um, even the extra, I can't remember who it was. It was one of our regular extras there. Yes. What even was the her extra kind of looks and goes, oh yeah, I see what happened. She got uh, a good moment. There. she got showcased there you know yeah a lot of our background our regular background had mo great moments in this mm -hmm. episode. Hmm. um we cut out in the hall and tuvok's walking down and he sees kes approaching he says computer what time is it it's three in the morning oh 300 um kes comes up and he's like uh hey kes uh what's up it's 3 a.m you got a report due and i gotta say i felt like wait a minute are you my daddy? Like, that is, who that, are yes. you? Yes. Really, Tuvok? Mm -hmm. Tuvok, yeah. this is, he is definitely, well, if you think about it, he has counseled Kess in um, trying to focus her, her, her powers, her mental powers, you know, he's trying. To, so he's basically served as a father figure for her yeah. in a way. He has, just like the doctor. I mean, I look at the doctor and Tuvok as either father slash uncle figures, like you mm -hmm. know, definitely male figures in her life um, that are guiding yeah. her, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, he is definitely acting like a dad right there. Yeah. Um, but she, um, she knows she's got this report to at 8 a.m. We go to sick bay and the doctor is also awake at 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. And he's working in the dark. Yes. And he says, he reminds her in addition to the report, he's like, you know, you forgot your summary analysis report. Um, that was due from last week yep. and she's like oh yes and uh <laughs> and then he starts to say you know i've noticed you're increasingly unpredictable you've got these swings of your moods mm -hmm. and she responds you know what everybody is treating me like i'm still a child i am yeah. nearly three years old now if i'm attracted to someone it's my business and i had to stop <laughs> i was like oh my gosh yeah. that's, that's amazing only in star trek 
it, this became an episode of Beverly Hills 90210, where they're talking to the parent. The parent is talking to the yes. kids, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that, though. She's nearly three years old. She yeah. She <laughs> um, anyway, we go to the ready room. Kess is looking even rougher here than, than before. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that was intentional or just, you know, but uh, she she's pulled an all-nighter. Yeah. And uh, she talks to Janeway, and she's like, I, I want to go on this adventure with Zaheer. I may... You know, I may leave Voyager. I may decide this is this is an opportunity I can't pass up. She says, I've already lived a third of my life. She's she, you know, they live till mm -hmm. nine or ten years old. She's yeah. almost three. Yep. So um Janeway says, I'll help you, you know, weigh your choices, yeah. weigh this decision, you know, the, the your decision, but this decision is yours. And it does feel like we're moving towards Kess leaving Voyager in this episode. It does. Um, let's not ignore the little tidbit of character development for Janeway. We do find out that Janeway was a procrastinator yeah. back in her Academy days, um, putting off an important task until the very last minute, then rushing through it. She acknowledges that she was the master of that. So that's a nice little tidbit that we don't know about, yeah. you know? Yeah. Which makes me feel better as a person because I've always procrastinated my whole life. So, yeah. um, and they say Same. procrastinators are perfectionists, basically, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So it does look like she's about to make her move away. Um, That's what and it that feels she's, like. In yeah, scene. and she's going to go on a, a bit of a test run by going with Zaheer to explore this Solaran Rift, and then mm -hmm. meet back up with Voyager. And Janeway says, "Well, you know, just take your time with this decision yeah. before you you make the final decision. But that final decision." must be yours and yours alone, Kess, is what Janeway says, mm -hmm. right? Um, we jump to the lodge and Zaheer tells uh, Tuvok that he needs to avoid, or Voyager needs to avoid the Tarkin. And the Tarkin are a race that are so powerful that they will basically hijack your ship and abandon your, your crew on some remote you know, location. Kind of similar, yeah, they're similar to what the, what the uh, uh, Kazon did to us um, yeah. earlier where they, uh, they kind of marooned us on that really primitive planet, right? Yeah. At the end of yeah. basics, uh, at the beginning of basics part one and, and basics part two. Um, and so this yeah, is the, what the Tarkin, the Tarkin are, right? the Tarkin are, he says near this plasma belt that you've got to go around. Yes. Tuvok is like, well, that's going to take us months off our direct course to the alpha quadrant. So he's very torn. He's, yeah. you know, yeah. but, uh, obviously it, again, it's 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 saying that Zahir is a is a, a pretty heroic guy. He's he's really d giving them help, and he's an honorable, yeah, good good guy. So um, yeah. he also says mm -hmm. that he's in love with Kess, and he wants her to come with him, and he's going to keep her safe. Normally, it's every man for himself, but when when uh, you know they take that kind of commitment or responsibility in a relationship, that uh, that he will keep her safe. Mm -hmm. and, I uh, wrote down in my notes that this essentially was Zaheer's um, plea or Zaheer's pitching uh, Tuvok uh, as if Tuvok was the father. Like he wants Kess's hand in marriage, in a yeah. way, right? Because, yeah. you know, traveling for the uh, McCall travelers is basically, it, it's, it's their life. So he's asking yeah. for, for Kess to share his life with her. So I, I wrote down, he's, he's asking dad slash Tuvok for yeah. Kess's hand in marriage here. Yeah. Uh, the next thing we see is Zaheer out in the woods and he's alone. He's, mm -hmm. um, he's uh, by himself and he yeah. hears someone yes, he and does. he calls out and, um, and then suddenly he's sort of surprised 
and quickly pushed over the edge of this cliff. Yes. And it all, and he falls in slow motion, which I noticed, um, you know, again, we don't normally do slow motion on, on, on Voyager. On you don't, Trek. you don't see it. We didn't right? use it a lot. And I thought mm-hmm. Alex Singer in directing this episode did a beautiful job of doing things like that, like really, mm-hmm. you know, making these moments very cinematic and, and yeah. cool. So I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah. As the hero goes down in slow motion. Yeah. Um, and, and shocking. Uh, that he's being attacked by who we don't know mm-hmm. and of course the next scene we're in the lodge when we, uh, the the we see the hooded guy bigger, who yeah. over. <laughs> we see the hooded guy that was tra- tracking him before and yeah. steps the hooded guy steps in the bar down comes the hood and it's evil doctor evil doctor yes evil doctor and he uh he he ends up um grabbing the lodge keeper nikon nikon gra- yeah, he grabs Nakan and sort of forces him over by the fire and grabs his hand and shoves his hand into, into the fire. The fire. Mm-hmm. And basically says, Able You're down. gonna you're gonna help me. You're gonna get me out of here. I need I need uh, you know safe tra- travel out of here. Yeah, so, and he says it's kind of weird. He says he needs a ship and passage off this world. Isn't the ship the passage off this world? I think he means like you need to set me up safely, not gotcha. just get out of here, but yeah, like I need to yeah, get out of here under the cover of night, whatever. Yeah. And he says, You need to arrange this and kind of threatens him. Basically, I'm well, gonna I'm gonna burn you or kill you if you don't do this. So Yep. Yeah. Mm. Good. So we come back and we're in sick bay and Kess comes in and um, you know, turns on the doctor's program. He appears and she says, Sahir got hurt. He was he fell off of a cliff. He's injured. He needs medical help, medical attention. We need your help, doctor. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, "Great, sure, of course, I will yeah. come help." But this seems to be nice, doc. Now, so you know, yeah, little, little confusing. confusing. Like, wait, yeah. what's what's going on? Yeah. And just to clarify, Zahir is is not. He's no longer at the bottom of the ravine. He's at some emergency facility, some type of you know medical facility with a McCall, yeah, yeah, on the planet with a McCall physician who is in charge and is waiting for the doctor to come down to help assist is what's going yeah. on, right? And the doctor's like, I can regenerate things. I'm good. Yeah. It's good. We have the technology. I'll fix this right up. Yeah. So we, uh, we go into uh, the transporter room next. Mm-hmm. And Balana is there. Mm-hmm. No, actually, Balana's not there. They're about to head onto the... Uh, into the transporter pad and Bolana rushes in. Bolana yes. rushes in and says like, hey, hey, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. There's, an, there's a problem with your program, doctor. I need to run a complete analysis of all the doctors, of all of your subroutines while they are running. So you gotta come with me. And the doctor is, you know, he's like, okay, that's fine. Kess, you go ahead, you can handle it. You know, I'll be there mm-hmm. soon. So then they end up in sickbay and Torres is basically debriefing the doctor uh, on the fact that these dark threads that are running through these historical figures' personalities are, are going to affect his program uh, in a negative way. And um, so she has found a way to sort of um, and, uh, put a program in that will search for all these uh, other personalities and mm-hmm. extract them from his Pur- program. Yeah, purge, purge all them, of these right? dark algorithms, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yeah, and the only way that's gonna this program can start running is if the doctor turns off his program. And so mm-hmm. as he tries to turn it off, he starts fritzing, and again, great job by Alex Singer. We don't see the doctor fritzing in. We just see the reaction on Taurus' yeah, face. Of yeah, Taurus is looking very, very scared shocked. Yes. or shocked. Yeah, yeah. And we cut away to the hallway where Tuvok yeah. and uh, Janeway are talking and walking mm-hmm. down the hall. And he says, you know, they've uh, analyzed the, uh, the site of the attack and they can't find any DNA evidence, which is very no strange. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, there seems to be, it's, it's as if no one was there. Correct. Um, Correct. And they come around a corner and the sick bay door opens and there's Balana lying on the floor by herself. Right. Um, and they rush in, the doctor appears and, um, and he blames it on the food, you know, the indigestion yeah. she was having before that well, he was. Well, he called it delayed anaphylactic shock, which is hilarious because people that have anaphylactic or allergies towards foods, it's immediate. It doesn't, it, as far as I know, like they eat yeah. it and they, they've got to go to the hospital or, or get an EpiPen, but this is delayed anaphylactic shock. So she ate it and a whole day later, you know, so his, yeah. his, his um, explanation is a little faulty, I think. So, a little faulty, but yeah, it works. But yeah, it works. It works. it works. They believe him. They totally believe him. Mm-hmm. I also, okay, so then they leave and we find uh, the doc fritzing again. Yeah. And he sort of fritzes into evil doc, right. back to evil doc. Right. And I just got to say, I loved the makeup department and what they did. They put in some contact lenses that just changed his, his, his view, you know, the, his face. Yeah. They put in they- some teeth or something i thought was very cool the lenses Um, were interesting because his pupil is still the same color it's just the very outer ring is that light color that's what i noticed right um and don't forget the whole reason why janeway and and tuvok were walking over to sickbay in the first place was he had a tricorder which contained all the raw data from the forensic investigation on the attack on zahir so that was why they were there so he hands that over to the doctor saying, well, this is for your further analysis and we're out of here. And that's when he starts fritzing into evil doctor. Evil um, doctor, yeah, with that good, cool look. And that facial um, twitch that he does, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, evil man. Mm-hmm. He wakes uh, Balana up. Yep. And he, he, he gathers a bunch of hypersprays, first of all, like four or five of them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're like, what the heck is he doing? He's doing, yeah. And, um, and he wakes her up and basically says he gave her ketaline to simulate anaphylactic shock. Yeah. So that's why that's that's what happened when she had that look and we cut away. He must have given her ketaline or at that moment so that she passed out. Mm-hmm. And uh now he's given her these other hyposprays that have paralyzed her so she can't move. <laughs> can't move. Uh, yeah. So and smart. he's very rough with her. He throws yeah. her down. It gets very physical and basically and, saying, and he's taken her com badge, remember? He's taken her com badge off yep. too. So. Yep. Um, and he basically says, I need your cooperation. Right. Um, and, um, and he wants to, he wants her cooperation because he wants her to delete good doctor mm-hmm. and he just wants to be bad, doc, evil doc. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I can't do that. I can't delete one without the other. Like they right. go together. And, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, you're destabilizing like with yeah. both of these, with your program messed up like this. The way they're reacting, you're destabilizing, and which makes gonna... him angry. He's not happy yeah. about that. So that's when he hyposprays her, so that now she's her whole upper body as well she as can, her lower she's body. She's just laying there. She's she can't laying move there. her face or her head. She can and only she speak. can't even talk. No, she can't talk either. Oh, she couldn't he shuts even her talk. Up. That's right. Remember that? He's like now he goes quiet, or else I'll cut your tongue out. I mean, he's so bad right now. Yes. At this point, yes. Right. Yeah. Yes, and that's when he uh, heads down the hall, and that's where he starts following. Sue Henley, the ensign. Yes. Yes. And yes. You, you feel like, oh boy, he's going after this ensign. And uh, they, they get into the, um, into the turbo lift together. And she says deck 10, mm-hmm. says deck 14. Um, and then Paris joins. First time we've seen Tom Paris in the episode. Yeah. Into the, uh, 
pops into the uh, turbo lift. Yeah, nice casual well, scene with you. Very happy-go-lucky Tom Paris. And he's yeah. like, hey, doc, what's up? And you and notice. You could, you could see the doctor sort of turned away. Yeah, like hiding Tom, his face. Yeah, <laughs> And Tom's not really looking at him much either. He keeps sort of, you know, that it's that elevator etiquette where nobody yeah. kind of looks at each other. <laughs> yes. Everybody's just sort of looking around and talking yes. words, but not really looking at each other. And uh, and then Tom's like, well, great talk. <laughs> and doesn't, doesn't notice that it's evil, doc. Yeah. And Sue Henley and Paris both step off. So well, you doctor... saved Ensign Sue. It was you that saved her from being yes, what, like, did. what do you think he was about to do to her? I think he was he... going to take her hostage. I think he was going to do he... or grab her or or fondle her or something because he something. kept staring down at her posterior. Uh, that, that's what I noticed. He was just oh, looking. Wow. He was checking out her her bum the entire time wow. down the hallway and inside the turbo lift. And he and it looked like he was trying to restrain himself. Like, no, I can't do this. And then he kept look, looking down. Uh, and the other thing is, this entire time, I'm thinking, I'm watching the doctor. All I can think about is Tuvok from the episode where he basically does the mind meld with Suter. The episode Meld. Oh, yeah. Remember that? And he turns yep. evil. And he's in that. He's in. The, and he gets where he's at. He's he's evil in sick bay. He is that force field around That's him right. where he tells Janeway, you know, you you make me sick. You disgust me. And it's the same same thing. It's the mirror yeah. universe evil version of Tuvok in Meld. And now yep. you see the evil bad version of the doctor in uh, in this episode. Yeah. So that's what I was uh, thinking about the entire time I was watching the doctor. Well, he um, doesn't he doesn't get Sue Henley. So no. She He's yeah. saved, thanks yeah. to Tom Paris. Yeah. And uh, the doctor goes to his deck, gets off, and heads into the holodeck. We're not yes. sure what, what his next move is, but... Oh, no, we do know what his next move is. Remember that? Because he, after he tries to get the information from Torres, yeah. um, she, he, she says, I'm not going to help you, right? In a, in a really restrained, kind of almost Klingon-sounding voice that she had. She goes, I'm not going to help you. And he's like, fine, I will find out the answers from, from my progenitors. So he decides... Oh, that's right. That he's going to go he's to the historical to figures, Socrates yes, and Gandhi and Tapao yeah. and everybody. That's right. See how yeah, he he's can going be, into he's the holodeck. That's, That's right. right. Mm -hmm. um, now we go down to the planet, and Tuvok is interrogating Nakan, and um, and Chakotay carries Zahir in, who's taking this fall. <laughs> this was the moment I was like, "Really? The guy almost died. He fell off a cliff. Yeah, and, and now we're dragging him into the pub." <laughs> Because because here's going to show them where the actual attack took place, so they could have a real, you yes. know, get the precise readings and and investigate, right? But you're right. It's like, wait a minute, dude, you just fell off a cliff, and here you <laughs> exactly. are. You're just walking in. You've got a yeah. couple of nicks here and there, right? Yeah. All right. But he's going to show them. Yeah, he's going to take them to the attack site. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so then we go to sick bay. Oh, did you say that Tuvok was inter interrogating Nakan at first? Yes. Did you say yes. that? Okay. You Starts with that interrogation, yes. doesn't get much, and Chakotay shows up, and they're like, well, we're yes. going to go to the attack site. Yes. Um, and then we go to sick bay. Yeah. And uh, Kess sees Balana unconscious, mm -hmm. uh, tries to activate the doctor. Kess, mm -hmm. you know, calls for the doctor, and and the computer says, well, that program's already running. And she says, hmm. where? Where is the doctor? What's his location? Well, he's currently running in Holodeck One. Yeah, and oh, so Kess goes running down to Holodeck One, and when she runs inside, we see Gandhi with his head spinning around like a crazy guy. Like yeah, uh, it was like out of The Exorcist or something. Yeah, and she yeah. looks over, and T'Pol is like fritzing and you yeah. know not working. And then and then who was it on the Socrates, floor? Socrates, Socrates was like, like only his upper torso was left. Yeah, yeah. so. 
it looks like the doc, evil doctor has gone on, an, on a rampage. When he can't find the answers that he needs, he yes. ends up just messing up the historical figure to the point of, yeah, um, let's face it, he's basically uh, killing them in a way. Yes, you know what I'm he's saying? Disfiguring yeah, he's them. Disfiguring and, them. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the doc is there, and, um, and he and, and Kess, he runs in, you know, Kess runs into him, mm-hmm. and he, like he wants some excitement. So funny because it's like an extreme version of what Kess was expressing before. It's like, yeah, you know, I want, mm-hmm. I, he, it's all passion and right and excitement and right. selfishness and self-absorbed mm-hmm. and just me, me, me. And yeah. Anyway, he grabs Kess, he kidnaps her, and kidnaps her mm-hmm. here. Yeah, um, he says, "Let's go." He takes her to the transporter room. He walks in, and we see my stand-in, John Tampoya, operating the transporter. Uh, uh, transporter pad and basically just phasers him and phasers uh, him and, John and, just, and does yanks, his own stunt. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does John his own Tampoia. stunt. Yeah, he yanks him and throws him on the floor. Throws John him on the floor. But it disappears behind the console. It was great. John did yeah, a great job. He did. Um, <laughs> so he's going to escape from Voyager and take Kess with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this entire time, Kess is pleading with him, trying to trying to use logic in a way to try to just convince him that what he's doing is is wrong. And the doctor is always is is coming back and just saying that, you know, no, this is, this is what has to happen. Well, it has to happen because he says that doctor is weak, that I've got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kess is going, he's still inside you. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, there, there is good inside of you. There is, right. there's empathy and there's good, you know, light inside of you. And he's like, no, I don't want That's that. later though. Get, That's later. Cause we have yeah. to, yeah, but yeah, yeah, she, right. does, she, she does, she does expand on that later, mm-hmm. but, but she starts to talk about that here. You know, right. That this is the beginning inside. of that conversation. Cause we yep. then jump to the bridge where Kim, we see Harry, he detects that there is an unscheduled transport taking place in transporter room three. Um, and then also there's a scattering field that is masked at the location of where they've transported to. So we're not sure where they've gone to. Yep. Um, that's when we jump to the planet surface and Chakotay and Tuvok, are with Zahir at the place of the attack. Tuvok scans have shown that the doctor was the one. There's, who yeah, did there's the residual, holographic, holographic signature is signature. there, and they know that it was the doctor. Right. Evil and they tell this to Janeway. Janeway's yeah. just like, what? The doctor? She doesn't know what's happening. Then we flash to the lodge. This is where the doctor has transported with Kess. They're back at the lodge because they're waiting for Nikon and Nikon's. Um, ship or plans you know, to get the doctor off this world mm-hmm. um so the doctor is tinkering with his mobile emitter he gets angry he starts hitting it and then kess runs in he's like stop 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 and the evil doctor takes pause and he's like wait you care about me or do you care about him you know and then this mm-hmm. whole conversation begins this philosophical conversation the doctor thinks that he deserves to exist the evil doctor deserves to exist more than regular doctor because mm-hmm. darkness is more fundamental than light and Kess starts talking about empathy and kindness here and that cooperation and understanding are are truly the essential qualities to life as we know it because everything mm-hmm. that we have today um or at least everything that has benefited well, society, society has and come family, from cooperation she says, yeah yeah she says mm-hmm. families wouldn't exist societies wouldn't exist without cooperation and understanding right and that um empathy and kindness are basic to every form every, of life. That's right. And that's right. Um, and they have this wonderful, you know, Joe Minoski did a great job of scripting the scene because there's some big, big ideas and they're sort of debating light and dark here yes. and, and the two sides of the doctor. When suddenly Nikon comes in and says, hey doc, 
sorry, Janeway's uh, cordoned off the whole area. You're not going to get out of here. I did what I said. You know, I got your ship, but you're not going to get out of here. And pay me. He says, pay me. And pay me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, that's what got him punched. If Nikon didn't say, Nikon just came in and said, yeah. hey, I set it up, but it's not going to work. And then left, he would have been fine. Yeah. But he said, pay me. And that's when the doc backhands him, knocks yep. him back and says, I'm going to kill you. And that's when Nikon says, well, if there's going to be one person who dies today, it's not going to be me. And he runs yep. really quickly out of the uh, lodge. Yeah. Yep. And then we go to the woods and Tuvok and Chakotay are there with Zaheer. Mm -hmm. And uh, Doc and Kess are running through the woods. So we see a bit of a chase starting. Yeah. Uh, Doctor and Kess are trying to hide because he doesn't, mm -hmm. know, doesn't feel like he can escape since the ship and any escape route is, is cordoned off. Yeah. Um, so they're being tracked. Yeah. And uh, they end up by the by some cliffs some other cliffs here and um and then chakotay and tuvok have caught up to them they shoot a phaser and it and it, it collapses all these rocks come crashing down in front of them they can't go further on the path exactly it blocks their path and they're stuck on the side of the cliff with rocks on one side or tuvok and chakotay on the other with phasers drawn mm -hmm. and um and he's degrading you know the doc is fritzing here and mm -hmm. uh and they say, turn off the scattering field. We'll beam you back. We'll, 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 you know, get you fixed. Yeah. And, um, and uh, he said that he was, you know, he was taking Kess for his, for her own good. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, um, and, and Kess says, you know, doctor, you've twisted and suppressed everything that's good inside of you. And uh, as they're having this talk and they're stuck there, they both fall. Off, I don't remember. No, exactly. he takes her. He takes her because, like, she tries to. She tries to talk reason to Evil Doctor, and finally, Evil Doctor says, "Nope, nope, I'm not having it like that." And I'm, I'm taking you with me, and literally in his mind, taking him as in like no one else jumps can off have the you. cliff. He jumps, jumps off the right? He jumps. They don't fall. Okay. He, no, they don't fall. He grabs her and jumps off, and much to the shock of everybody standing there. Um, but thank God, uh, Janeway beams basically beams both of them aboard. Now, this is the confusing part. I agree. That was about to say. Why is the doctor totally normal and himself? He should still be the evil doctor when he's beamed aboard. But I'm guessing the subroutine had degraded so much to the point that it had dissipated on its own. But then it was very really confusing. This is the biggest hole in the episode to me. Yes. Two things happening here. So, yeah. so they're falling yes. midair, and you see a beautiful shot of them. It's it's kind of going down with them. The camera's flying past the rocks as they're yep. both falling backwards with their arms. You know. Yeah, spread wide. And then when they're beamed out of that fall, mid fall, they land, both of them standing up with their arms by their side in the transport. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. They should not be in that position. They should be falling yeah. or hitting the yeah. ground or yeah. I don't know. First yeah. of all, first of all, that was my first problem. And then second, mm -hmm. yeah, he was totally the nice guy. It was good doctor. And I was like, what happened yeah. to bad evil doc? Yeah, it, it, there was no explanation of no. that. That and, and I went back and rewound it a little bit and I didn't hear anybody address that so that to me was a huge yeah it just jumped it's just like ignored. and there and also there there clearly could not have been a, a scene that that hit the cutting room floor either because what are you gonna what are you gonna have a scene while they're falling where he realizes you know the the, the real the good doctor takes over evil doctor and and becomes the you know there's not that's not gonna happen i right? mean the I only mean, thing that i could imagine and this is just me imagining is that mm. they had figured out how to reprogram his you know, what Bellana said was, if we can turn you off and re reboot you, I've got this thing that'll get rid of all the darkness, all the 
all of that the bad algorithms yeah maybe they had that ready to go so once they transported him it just in, instantly sort of rebooted him back to i don't know it's it's it was it, it's it was confusing it's a mystery it's a true mystery we don't yeah. know we don't know yeah because um, we we do go to uh, sick bay right after this and balana yeah. says she has deleted all those added subroutines right. and that he is fine. He's back to normal. But that sounds well, like she just did that now. I know. After that's he's what been I mean. beamed back. Not yeah. that she did it while he was falling, right? So strange. Yeah, yeah. strange. I agree. Uh, she also says that she's fine too, mm -hmm. um, that she's feeling better from the salad she ate or whatever was yeah. going on. You know, um, your future wife is very uh, forgiving. <laughs> I mean, very like forgiving, it, yeah. She just... She kind of just like, eh, she shrugged that whole thing off like it was nothing. And I yeah. think that, you know, her Klingon side would be a little bit still pissed off with, with uh, Evil Doctor, yeah. what he did to her. Yeah. But she's okay with it, right? So she takes off. Kess comes in, and the Doctor now expresses that he is pleased that Kess has decided to remain on board, which shows that he cares, that he cares deeply for Kess. Yes. Um, and Kess always says, yeah, also says that, uh, you know, that she cares for him um, by saying that I would have missed you too if I left. And she walks yeah. away. Um, and then he quotes Wait. a condensed version of the Hippocratic, of the Hippocratic Oath. Oath. The but right before that, the, one of the last things he says that I really loved mm. um, in the dialogue, um, basically he says, if, if she's changing, then being around those who love and know her best is, is, the, is the best place. I think actually, I think yes. Kess's yeah. line. But she's like, if I'm changing, being she's decided, being around those who love and know her best is important. Is the best place and I thought that was a really sweet way to sort of, you know, uh, there wasn't a big long goodbye with, you know, Zaheer and, mm -hmm. and and all that. But, um, but you realize that she's really thought this through and decided yeah. that the yeah. Voyager's where she belongs for now. So yes, yeah, exactly. And, and then the Doctor does his Hippocratic <clears throat> oath, which I thought was really. Um, really great it was a great yeah. little touch and i looked it up online it's a long oath that's a very shortened condensed version of the, really the real low uh, real I have, a, I have a vague memory that actually that was um, bob's idea and i could be wrong mm. but i think that the hippocratic oath tag at the end might have been bob's idea maybe I don't should text quote, him. Don't and ask. quote oh, me I'm on gonna, that, but I, I'll, I'll text him. I'll ask him. That. I would be curious to know if that's true because I feel like uh, I really liked it. All righty. So, what is your theme or lesson from this episode, Darkling? This was a tricky one. This was mm -hmm. a tricky one to me, but I think basically for me, the theme of this episode is that nature will always evolve towards light, towards the good, mm -hmm. towards love. Yeah. Basically, that okay. that. Yes, both these things, the light and the dark exist in our world. We all have, have those inside of us. They're all around us, but that nature is sort of working its way towards a place of empathy and connection and love mm -hmm. and, and lightness. That's, that's the theme that I got from this. Yeah, that's, a, that's the same lesson that I received. Very similar. Um, and it's from that speech between Kess and the doctor when they're down in the lodge. Um, about empathy, kindness, cooperation, and understanding um, being essential to all human life or yeah. all life that we know, right? Yeah. So um, that is also my, uh, my lesson to be learned. Nice. Yeah. Well, okay. even though it's an imperfect episode, I really had fun watching it. I thought Bob did a great job. He was so good. And uh, the guest stars were really, really strong. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, 
it was uh and a lot of big ideas you know which yeah. is what star trek does so well better than any other show i know it it really is able to delve into these kind of philosophical human experience ideas in a mm -hmm. cool way so yeah which it makes it must watch television that's right all right guys thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode darkling robbie and i will be reviewing the episode rise next week so join us next week see you then